welcome to another episode of That's Not Educational with me, Gloria Kill. In this episode, in this episode, I will be interviewing an airplane pilot, Captain Ivan. Have you ever been on a plane? He has had he has had many people on his plane and maybe some celebrities. He also will tell us amazing facts about flying a plane. Right. I'm going to start off with the questions. Our okay. first one is uh tell us about yourself. Um so I uh live in Tennessee. I fly for um, a major airline out of New York City, um, fly internationally. Um, I've got two daughters, and my wife and I are about uh, we're about 30 minutes north of Nashville. Let's see what else is there to know. Um, we have a cat, so there's that. Oh, cute. All right. <laughs> so why are you a pilot? Um, so I grew up around airplanes. My mom worked for an airline when we were kids. And um, we go to, you know, we go with her every now and then to the airport. And uh, I can still remember the first time I flew on an airplane. I remember the first time I saw an airplane. Um, and I remember the first time I was in the flight deck of an airplane. And I immediately knew this is what I wanted to do. I was, I was, uh, I was struck right away by, by what I call the sickness. So I've had the sickness for a long time. I've always wanted to be in the air. So um, where have you flown before? Are there like a lot um, of places? A decent number of places. I've I've um I've flown domestically. I don't really keep up with it. I'd I'd say probably uh, I have an app here. I'd say I've probably done maybe forty states or so. That's just a guess, though. I don't really keep up. Um, I kind of have a rule. If I've been to a place for work, it doesn't really count. We have to kind of go on vacation or drive there or spend the night there outside of work. So, um, but counting work, I think I've probably done about 40 states or so. Um, I, uh, I'm doing Hawaii next month for the first time, going to Honolulu for the first time, but I haven't done Alaska. And then within the contiguous 48, I think there's probably a handful that I haven't been to, but, um, and then internationally, I've done quite a bit of Europe and um, South America and a little bit of Africa as well. And uh, not a lot of Asia. The airplane I'm on doesn't go to Asia, but, but uh, a little bit of Europe, South America. Oh, that's cool. So um, how many people have you transported? Um, so I was looking this up. Somewhere around 250,000 people is what I estimate. So that's a quarter million, right? Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. Do you ever do like flights where you do it for like days and nights and stuff? Yeah. Yeah. We, uh, it's, this is definitely one of the parts of the career that is, um, extremely challenging is, uh, your body clock is all over the place. You're either, uh, flying early in the morning, sometimes later at night or, you know, red, what we call red eyes, which means you're flying overnight so a lot of times like from the west coast to the east coast you leave there say la or san francisco or seattle and it's 10 or 11 at night their time but that's two in the morning our time here on the east coast or central time in the east coast and it's a generally speaking about a four-hour flight so then you land here in the mornings and so you are actually awake during the night when everyone else is asleep so that's why we call them red eyes because you know you, you land and you're pretty tired 
Um, and then also when you fly internationally, generally speaking, you're flying through the night. So yeah, you're, it's, that's definitely a challenging part of the career is, is, um, is getting enough sleep consistently. So like, do you sleep on those trips or, or do you have like someone on your side that takes the, is it like a stick or a wheel? Yeah. So, uh, we call it a yoke. Uh, and depending on the airplane, some airplanes have yokes and then other airplanes have actually looks like a joystick, an, an actual joystick that you would play a video game with. Um, but my airplane has a yoke. Say a typical 10 hour flight to South America, we'll all be awake and together to take off and then go back for about a three hour break. And then whoever takes the break first comes back up. The second pod goes and takes about a two and a half, three hour break. And then the third pod does the same. And then we all we're all back in the uh, flight deck for the landing. And then when we get to what we call the overnight, so wherever we're going, uh, the overnight or the layover, uh, basically the destination, um, then generally speaking, we have anywhere between 24 to 48 hours. Um, and so you're sleeping once or twice uh, on your layover as well. I wouldn't be able to do that at all. <laughs> wow. I need my sleep for at least hours. <laughs> Right. So do you get jet lag and stuff? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, to some extent you get used to it. Um, but it's, I mean, we're not, we're not, uh, you know, we're not special. We're not mutants or anything. We're definitely susceptible to a jet lag that other people feel. I guess in our case though, um, you do get used to it. And, and so you kind of, you figure out how, how your body works best in terms of what you need to sleep to recover. But you, you definitely feel it. Um, and we, we just, you can't let it affect you for days on, you know, for two, three days, like, uh, you know, non pilots would, um, to where, you know, you're, you're, you're kind of struggling to recover for two, three days because we've got to fly another flight, you know, in, in two or three days. So, you, so to answer your question, yes and no, you feel the jet lag, but you also kind of understand what your body needs to, uh, to recover. I've never actually flown somewhere where I needed to sleep. Like, I haven't actually gone in a plane overnight okay. and stuff. So I don't know how that feels. And yeah. I feel really, really weird. It's a little strange the first few times, for sure. Yeah. So the next question is, like, do you have, like, autopilot or something? Yeah, we do. We sure do. Um We've got uh, autopilots, auto throttles as well. So the way I um, explain autopilots, it's kind of like cruise control, right? Like we're still flying the airplane. We're just using a tool to help us. So um, our jets fly um, very, very, very fast. And so the actual physical part of the flying, like controlling the yoke and controlling the throttle is um, – what the autopilot helps us do is just keep what we call our situational awareness, right? So we're, these jets just fly so fast and, um, and so precisely um, that we want to provide as smooth a ride as we can for our passengers. And we could do it physically, but it would just it would mentally tap us out. I've, I've done it before. I've, I've flown airplanes that the autopilot wasn't working. Um, two to three hour flights. Uh, I remember the longest one was from Washington, D.C. to Kansas City um, with the autopilot not working. And uh, I mean, it was fine. No, it's not any less safe. It's just it makes for a really long flight because your your concentration is uh, 
has to be really, really sharp. And you're looking at an area about this small to just uh, control the plane so precisely. So it's not a physical thing that we can't fly the airplane with the autopilot. Without the autopilot, it's just that the autopilot helps us keep our situational awareness. What that means is that we're able to expand our uh, our awareness. So you know you, that way you can keep an eye on the weather. That way you're paying attention to your fuel. That way you're um, you know you can respond to any communication from air traffic control or any issues with uh, the passengers and, and the flight attendants. So uh, that's what the autopilot helps us do. That's so cool. No. Am I supposed to call you captain or something? Well, technically, uh, with pilots, there's two positions, generally speaking. There's a captain, and then there's a first officer. No one's ever going to uh, be mad that you call them a captain if they're not a captain. It's kind of just like you call everyone at the off- doctor's office. It's not everyone, but you know the, the person that sees you, you call them doc, even though they might be a nurse practitioner or a, or a physician's assistant or whatever. It's just kind of a, it makes it easy. Um, uh, just an easy title. So yeah, you can call all pilots captains, even if they're not the captain, no one's going to take offense to it. Is it like scary sometimes? Oh, no, 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 no. I've never been scared in a, in an airplane. Um, wow. Actually the scariest part of my career, the scariest part of my job is driving to the airport because people drive kind of crazy um but once i get in the airplane um no i've never been scared in an airplane um wow. i mean the, the airplane's made to fly it's designed to fly so it wants to be in the air the airplane is happiest when it's in the air the most dangerous parts of our flight are taking off and landing once we're in the air that's what the airplane's designed and made for so even with emergencies um we're trained for them um and uh, and it's just we've we've had a lot of safety. We've developed a lot of safety um, mechanisms as, as an industry um, the last you know twenty thirty years. So it's the safest form of traveling. It's uh, for me. It's an incredibly fun career. Um, I really enjoy it. And um, so yeah, never been never been scared. There's definitely been times when it's challenging. I mean, you fly in and out of challenging weather um, all the time, and then you know from time to time you have a mechanical issue. Um, I've, I've had a couple of emergencies, but, um, yeah, I've never been scared. Here's a good question. Mm-hmm. Where's your favorite place to fly? Oh, that's a good one. Um, I've really enjoyed Rome so far, Rome and Italy. Italian food is just so good. And it's, I mean, it's, it's really good over there. It's good here too, but it's really good over there. Um, and then Rome itself has a lot of, uh, old buildings and monuments and a lot of history to it that I really enjoyed. Um, so Rome's probably my favorite so far in Europe. I do a lot of South America as well. I, I enjoy uh, Buenos Aires and Argentina and also Sao Paulo and Brazil. Um, domestically, uh, there's uh, kind of have a special place uh, in my heart for uh, Washington, D.C. There's two airports in Washington, D.C. There's the smaller one is what we call Washington National. Um, and that's where I was. Uh, I was in the middle of the trip when my wife told me that we were um, having our first baby. So that, that little airport's kind of got a special place in my heart. Also, it's just a fun little airport to fly in and out of. Um, it's got short runways. It's around water. And there's all, you know, the the Washington, D.C., the White House and the, and the monuments and um, everything on the approach uh, in, into that airport. So that's probably my favorite airport to fly into in the States. 
have any famous people been on your plane? Yeah, um, I mean, I couldn't tell you off the top of my head. But I know for sure I've had you know a couple of athletes and and actors, football players, but no, no one like super famous, like not Peyton Manning or or uh, or Tom Brady or anyone like that. But football players that I've known because I'm a huge football fan, and and and, and it's kind of neat because you'll see either our flight attendants or other passengers kind of you know doing a double take, like, oh, is that really you know X person or Y person? And so it's it's kind of neat. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> so um, for a kid who is interested in becoming a pilot, what do they need to do or what advice would you give them? Uh, so it depends on the age group of the of the kid, right? So, I mean, if you're, you know, kind of getting closer to, um, you know, the end of high school or college, you know, there's, there's kind of more concrete steps to take. But in terms of, you know, if you're, Younger, if you're not in, in, in your teens yet, really, I would say um, just make sure that you're paying attention in class, um, getting good grades, because uh, that's kind of where it all starts, um, giving yourself the most opportunities into the future. So uh, that's 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 the biggest thing I would say, you know, at, at your age and, and a little bit older, just uh, enjoy learning because we we never stop learning um, in, in our career and then also just kind of in general. Uh, be open-minded to you know different ideas and different people different cultures because um, most of the time I fly um, again I've I, I, you made me go back and, and dig in my logbook a little bit I've done about 2,500 flights at the airlines and I would say probably 2,400 of those has been with someone I've never flown with so you always have to be open to you know different personalities and different uh, you know different uh, ways of communicating and interacting with people so um, educationally, kind of just, you know, make sure you're doing well in school, paying attention in class, um, and then kind of socially just being open-minded and, and, uh, learn, be open to learning from different people and learning about different, uh, different people, different cultures. Cool. Yeah. I would say on most of the time you get on an airplane with the airlines and fly, your two pilots, there's a decent chance that they've never flown with each other before. So that's kind of neat the way things work. So... You have any plain jokes? What flavor ice cream do pilots like? What? Plain. I told you it was really bad. Get it? Plain. Yes, I do. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> That's like a joke I can make up on the top of my head. <laughs> Not wow. a great joke, Tyler. <laughs> Wow. So uh, thank you for joining us today. That's all the questions I have. Okay. Well, thanks for having me. And that's the end of the podcast. I hope you liked this episode because I sure did. This is Gloria Kell signing off.